twice and to Spain, right? Like, because I know that this church family wants people to know about God, and that's what I love. And I want to say thank you to the, uh, the staff here. Uh, they have such a heart uh, and a devotion to Jesus like no one else. Um, from Derek, he's an amazing leader. It's been great to um, become a good friend with him over the last uh, year or so. Um, and Pastor Ed, wherever Pastor Ed is, that he, we had some amazing conversations. He always asks great questions. If you ever have time to grab a coffee with him, he will challenge how you look at life. Um, and Debbie and the Davies, I just thank um, you guys and uh, the, the relationship we've had over the years. Um, they really felt like family. And you all know Debbie. She just has a heart for people and a heart for God. And I just hope to one day grow up and be as cool as her. <laughs> and for Pastor Matt, I know we're just getting to know each other, but I'm excited to see what God's going to be doing uh, through you here at the church. So I want to just say, first and foremost, thank you guys so much. But... If you would have asked me a few months ago, uh, do you think you would be moving out of Dallas by the end of the year, I would have said, no way, that's crazy. Like, why would, why would you think that? Um, but what we all probably know is that change is something that happens in our lives. Change is always something that we're going to deal with. Change is not something that's bad, Right? I believe that change is actually really good for us. And Pastor Ed said in a sermon a, a while ago that's kind of stuck with me. He said this. He said, um, oh, now I, now I spaced it. He says this. <laughs> he said this. If you're not changing, you're getting behind. All right? If you're not changing, you're getting behind. Pretty much what I took that is, is we're all changing. We should all be growing. Right? Like, I don't eat baby food anymore, right? Like there's a time when we had the middle schoolers eat baby food and they really enjoyed it, kind of weird, okay? But like most of us don't like eating baby food because we've changed. We've grown up, we've matured past that part in our lives. But even though change is good, it can also be really challenging and really scary, right? If you're starting a new job, if you're going to uh, a new school, even if it's from like elementary school, to, to middle school, it can be really scary. Or starting a relationship or ending a relationship. Those changes in our lives uh, can be really scary. And so what can sometimes happen is we end up wanting to resist those things. And we don't want it to be a part of our lives. Right? Think about a, like the high schooler who just graduated. And they're like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. So instead of like pursuing something, they end up just kind of like staying at home and playing video games, and just kind of like loving life. They're like, this is the best. No one's kicking me out. I'm going to keep doing it, right? Like, that's all cool and all for a moment, but we still need to move and change. And so, I didn't know that change was going to be always um, so difficult, right? But it is. Change is challenging. I'm 32 years old now. I didn't think my knees would hurt this bad on a day-to-day -day basis, okay? No one said, hey, Aaron, 32. That's, no, actually, age 30. It all goes downhill, all right? So I feel your pain, okay? Uh, or like this hairline, all right? It is going quick, okay? Vent for the beanie often, okay? All right? You're calling me out, Derek. I don't like it. All right, so... But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, if you look at five years ago, I had a great head of hair, all right? I'm not saying the students did it, but I am, okay? All right, so. Thank you, okay. All right, so 
Change is always something kind of challenging and kind of scary, and we want to resist it, but it's a part of our lives. It's something that happens. But what also can happen is that we get scared of our change in our relationship with Jesus, and so we end up not changing. We end up being complacent, and that can become really deadly in our relationship with Jesus as well. Our relationship with Jesus should be growing. It should be moving. It should look different from when we were children, right? Yeah, Veggie Tales, children's stories are great for a while, but if you're still watching those at 32, you need a, it's time to change, right? It's time to grow. And so our relationship with Jesus must be changing all the time. So I want us to look at, again, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, Matthew 22. And I think these, uh, we're going to quickly look at two things that I think Jesus calls us to live by so that our lives are always growing in our relationship with Jesus. So Matthew 22, starting in verse 34. What's happening right here is Jesus is talking to these religious groups that are trying to kind of like, they're trying to catch him and try to make him sound like he's not that smart. And so the Pharisees and some Sadducees and some other people have gathered together and they're all trying to talk uh, with, with Jesus and trying to make it look like they're all that, that they know everything and Jesus knows nothing. So they go to him and they ask him this question. Verse 34, but when the Pharisees heard that they had silenced the Sadducees, they'd gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Now just pause there for a second. These guys were asking in the Old Testament, if you were to open up your Old Testament, you, would, you could be able to find like over 600 different laws and rules that these guys would try to follow. And they would add laws and rules on top of it so that they wouldn't even get close to breaking the rules. So this guy comes to him and says, hey, there's over 600 of them. What one's the best? Like trying to trick him, trying to capture him, trying to say, what's he going to say with this? And so Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. What's amazing here is um, I think the message version really sums up these two laws. Jesus says, out of all the 600, if we had to narrow it down to just the one great command, he kind of gives us two, he kind of cheated, whatever. All right, he's Jesus, okay? And so he's, in the message version, it says it like this. Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. Right? Love God with everything that is in you. And the second command that is just as important is to love others as well as you love yourself. Now, faithful Orthodox Jews who would be there at this time listening to this conversation, they know this first law. Every day they would say this law twice. Once in the morning and once at night, it's, called, it's part of the Shema, which is in Deuteronomy 6, which you can go and read right now. But this was to remind them something. It was to keep God on the forefront of their minds. And it was to remind them of the way in which their faith 
is to be lived out. So they say, yes, I trust in God, and that should change how we live. That should radically move the direction of what our life is all about. And how is it lived out? It's lived out through these two commands. To love God with everything that's in us and to love our neighbors as ourselves. So a question that I often go to is then, how, how do we love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength? How do we go about doing this? And this guy named Dallas Willard, he's a, he's a great guy. I'm reading a book by him right now, so I stole some quotes from him. And he says this, come near to the holy men and women of the past, and you will soon feel the heat of their desire after God. He says, if you look around and you see people who seem to be like really connected to God, or if you look at the people in the, your past or in the past of Christian um, history and go, man, those people, why do they seem so connected to God? And he says, Dallas Willard says, it's because their hearts desire after God. That they desire God first and foremost in their life. No matter where you're at in your relationship with God right now, if you're just asking questions about who is Jesus, what is this relationship with Jesus all about? To the person who's been following Jesus their whole life, we can still grow in our desire for God every day. And that's something that has to be changing and growing in our lives. What does it look like to desire God? Colossians has a verse that says this, Colossians 3. If you have been raised with Christ, which just means if you are a follower of Jesus, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Right? Our heart and our mind, if you say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, you are not saying, okay, I'm going to worry about the things of this world. I'm going to put these things first, uh, money, relationships, family. No, no, no. You say, I'm going to put my mind and my heart on the things above. Who Christ is, what Christ is all about, what is God's desires? What is God looking for us to live for here in the world today? Do we continue to seek after God in everything? Do we put Jesus and God first in our lives more than anything else? James 4, 8, I usually say this verse like every week or every time I feel like I'm up here, it says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Right, there's this, as you grow in your relationship with God, God is growing in your relationship with you. But what sometimes happens is that we often go, I'm okay with God right here. Right? Like, I don't feel like drawing anymore near. I have a relation, like I'm a good, like God's over there, I'm kind of here. But what I really believe is that whatever we're doing in life, it's either drawing us near to God or it's, it's moving us away. There's no, like, just standing in one spot and being like, oh, I'm good right here. If that's you in life, what I'm guessing is actually you're starting to slowly move away from who God is. And so we always have to be working at growing in our relationship with Jesus. That first and foremost, we must desire God. 
We must love God with everything that is in us, in everything that we do. But then Jesus goes on and he second, says this second command. He says, uh, the second is great command is like the first. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That you love others as well as you love yourself. What Jesus is saying is this is so important because when we, if we love God, you are going to love your neighbors. You're going to love the people around us. And then when you show love to the people around you, that is actually showing love to God. So when we show uh, care, when we take care of people in this room, when we take care of other followers of Jesus Christ, but even to the point when we take care of people who say they're not followers of God, when they say they don't have a relationship with Jesus, when we take care of them, when we look out for them, we are showing love to God. And so no matter what, when we're taking care of other people, it's glorifying and honoring God because everyone is made in the image of God. So if people are made in the image of God, when we show them care and love, we are showing God that same love. And this can be difficult, right? This can be really challenging to show people love, right? You might have just spent Thanksgiving with some family members, right? And they're like, oh, it's so good to see you. And you're like, I only see you once a year on purpose, dude, right? Like, I don't, I don't, like, I don't even want to see you the rest of the year, right? There's a reason for that. It's hard to show those family members love. Or like Christmas is coming up, so you're going to be at, in stores more often, and everyone hates going to shopping, okay? I know, it's true. All right, it's like, that's why we go online now, or I go online nowadays, you know? It's like, because how many times have you been sitting in a parking lot, and you've been waiting there, and the, the, the person finally gets into their stuff, and they take like 30 minutes to pull out of their parking spot, and they're just about to drive away, and someone else cuts in and takes your spot, and you're like, no, you didn't, right? And then you're like, how am I going to show them love right now? I'll show them love as soon as they step out of that car, right? Okay. <laughs> but how do we show the people that are difficult in our lives love? How do we show people that maybe see the world in a different way than us? How do we show them love? John 13, 35 says this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We should be so good at loving each other to the point where we take care of others so well that it's almost like kind of crazy for people to go, why are you taking care of that person? They fail, they keep screwing up, they mess up all the time, they never seem to forgive, they never seem to, uh, to, to make any right in their life. And yet, God says, no, love them take care of them. And we should love and take care of people so much that others look at us and go, well, those guys, those guys must be those Christians because they just take care and love everyone around them. But why? Why do we love God? And why do we love others? And it comes to this one simple verse, 1 John 4, 19. We love because God first loved us. We love because God first loved us. God's love is not like our love. 
God's love is not like you and your relationship with your, your spouse or your family member. God's love is infinitely greater. It's so much more than we can even imagine. Jesus died on the cross for us, for our sins, so that we can have a relationship, have eternal life with Christ. That is the love of Jesus. That he was willing to die, he was willing to sacrifice so that we may have life. And that life can start as soon as you say yes to Jesus and it goes on for eternity. Because of that, because of God first love us, that is why we go and that is why we live to love God and love others. I say this to the students um, all the time, and I try to tell our like seniors as they're graduating, I say, I don't care uh, what you're gonna go and do in your life. I don't care uh, what job you're gonna take. I don't care where, where you go to school. I don't care if you take a year off. I don't care if you go to Oregon State or Corbin. I don't care about that stuff. But what I care about is this one thing that we must keep central to our lives, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing, is that we must Love God with everything that is in us and love our neighbors as ourselves. I don't, I don't care anything else. This must be central to our lives. And we do this because God's love for us. So in a few minutes, we're gonna be taking uh, the Lord's Supper. And what we're gonna be doing there is we're going to be um, taking time to slow down and remembering that exact thing of what Jesus has done for us. That Jesus died, that he's sacrificed on the cross so that we may have life, so that we can have a perfect relationship with Jesus. But also when we're taking of the Lord's Supper, it's, um, we're remembering what happened, but it's also a time that it unites us once again together. When we take of the, the bread and of the juice, it's a time that says, I am part of this family, that we are together. So that when we go out from this room, we are still family. That we can go and share God's love to the people around us. And that when things get hard, when struggles, when change happens in our lives, we can look around and go, these people have my back. That they're our family. Let's pray. Dearly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your, your willing to love me and care for me even though I'm a, I'm a sinner and I mess up and I fail. All the time, you still said, Aaron, I love you and I want you to live and so you died on the cross. And so Lord, because of that, because of your love, I pray that my life and this church family, that our lives central and key is that we are showing that love back to you. That we love you and that we desire you and that we grow in our relationship with you every day of our lives. And that we go out and we show that love to other people so that they see you in our lives. In your holy and precious name. Amen.
Come on up. These two ladies are going to be our first to share. And uh, oh, you come up too, Nick. Sure, come on up. I didn't know, but sure, come on up. <laughs> uh, we have a couple of people share briefly, and then we'll play a video and a couple of more. So I'm going to start with Ella. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, to start, I just want to say thank you to Aaron for putting all, up with all of us for five years. I'm genuinely not sure how you did it, but thank you. Um, Aaron not only made youth group a place to learn and grow in our faith and make new friends, but a place where we could be ourselves and laugh and ask hard questions. He made what could have just been a weekly group something that now feels like a family. For me, and I'm sure others in the youth group too, it's hard to let go of such a great guy and scary not to know exactly what's going to happen next. But I'm also looking forward to what's next for him and us. Thank you, Aaron. We're going to miss you. Okay, I'll try and not be emotional because Aaron will laugh at me later. <laughs> Aaron came to faith when I was entering my first year of high school, so we kind of came in as freshmen together, so that's been really cool. Um, the youth group had a lot of growing to do when Aaron first got here, and he was the right guy from the for the job from the very beginning, um, even though I didn't realize at first um, what a huge, a huge impact he'd have on my life and others, too. Watching him lead our youth group under the same notion, just like he talked about today, with loving God and loving others, that's it. Um, that was just really encouraging and something that I know I'll take with me um, for the rest of my life. And he kind of told me that, so that's really awesome. Um, he's helped me deepen my faith um, so, so much by challenging me to think like a true follower of Jesus and to grow into who I am and continue to want to be now as a college student. I'm so thankful for his passion to love on the kids of the church and in our little town. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for um, just showing up, asking hard questions, and um, challenging myself and others while at the same time being someone I know I can talk to, someone who I know will listen and encourage me while also standing by me in prayer and support. Getting to experience baptism by Aaron, learn under him in youth group, at events and retreats and outreaches, all that stuff. And um, most recently, having him lead our team to Uganda as we worked to serve alongside others was just really impactful and, and helped me grow my spiritual walk with Jesus so much. I'm very blessed to have all the memories that I do with Aaron. And I'm beyond excited and proud of you and that I get to know you. Um, just as you take on this new role in Albany, um, I get to cheer you on now, just like you've cheered me on as I took this next step in life, graduating and now doing college. Thank you, Pastor Aaron, for serving with grace, compassion, and fervor for these last five years. I know I'm not alone when I say you're going to be really missed. She's tough to follow. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I appreciate about Aaron is his go-ahead attitude, <clears throat> his ability to direct the youth in different areas of ministry, such as retreats and, in a far bigger way, taking a group out of the country to Uganda. Our trip was a huge undertaking. When you consider the responsibility of managing training, finances, contact people, airports, schedules, not to mention all the different personalities, and the drama involved. Aaron pulled it off well. <clears throat> I saw a side of Aaron otherwise I would not have seen. Yes, he has passion for youth. Yes, he loves to travel. But what impressed me was his heart for showing Jesus to those who don't know him. The extent he would go to to sacrifice self 
a great example to the youth and to, um, to the church body. <clears throat> I'm happy to have had him as a friend, and Kathy and I are extremely grateful for his influence and friendship to our two girls, Alicia and Lily. We're certainly sad to see him go, but we know he's going to a great spot. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We were thinking about having a roast, but we decided to say nice things for the most part. We'll see if Nick sticks with it. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> I didn't know I was speaking today. Oh, really? No. Oh, well. But huh. there's, a lot, there's a lot of things I could say about Aaron. Most of them good. Uh, <laughs> most of all, though, it's just his dedication to all your high school students, and even the ones that aren't in high school yet. I've been with him his whole time here, and it's been really amazing to just see how he's grown and see how he's made everybody else grown. Mm -hmm. And it's been really cool. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Yeah, or do you want it out there? Sure. Yeah, it's been great to have a couple. We had a couple of current students. We had a couple of students that came all the way through student ministry. You're, you're welcome to sit back down. Thanks. Thanks, brother. So um, I wrote a few things. A few things. Um, hmm. They didn't give me a time limit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not all of these are full. Um, you know, my, 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 daughter, uh, my daughter Grace would have loved to be here. She's actually out of state on a little Thanksgiving getaway. So she gave me some things to put into what I'm sharing so that means we get double time. Oh, Whatever you say. I'll make it short. Until I'll make I it short. <laughs> well, um, one of the things that Grace wanted to make sure that I mentioned is Aaron's sense of humor. I mean, if, if you know him at all, you're laughing when you're around him, and usually for all the right reasons. Now, I have about six things that I wanted to share, reasons that I know Aaron's going to be A-OK -okay as he moves on to the Grove. Mm. So the first one is that Aaron is an investor. No matter where or in what capacity he serves, I guarantee he's gonna find people to invest in. It's just how God made him and it's what he does. I've seen it firsthand as a friend and as a mom to someone in his youth group. Secondly, he's infectious. I'm not saying he has an infection, okay? <laughs> um, I'm saying that his joy, his confidence, his determination, his yeah buddy mindset seemed to spread to others. Did I say it right? Will you say it? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Okay. <laughs> um, it seems to spread to everyone around him. And Gracie wanted to say, remember, Mom, to say how kids just love him. They are drawn to him. So no matter the age, people just love to be around him. Uh, number three, he doesn't care. Now, let me explain again. Um, Gracie said it like this. He doesn't care what anyone thinks of him. Well, anyone aside from Christ. Jesus is his number one, and he lives to please him, to know him, and to love him. The next reason is he is a genuine. As much as I loved his support for some of my crazy ideas and how he comes on board to help with things that others may not embrace, remember that life-size igloo made out of milk cartons? Yeah, he helped me with that. So uh, he's also been the one to let me know when an idea wasn't good. And we'd ask his opinion, you're going to get it. And in a world of inspirational quotes and feel filters and all the feels, and it's really nice just to have somebody that you know is going to give you an honest, straight-up answer. The next thing is he finds the common denominator. So Gracie says he can relate to anyone. And this was especially fun to see as we traveled to another country. I know Alicia mentioned it earlier. 
you know, he can have a conversation with anyone because he really, really, truly cares, and he just finds a common denominator. The last thing is Aaron loves to serve. Now, I'm not saying he loves crossing it off his list for the day or for the week, but I mean like he genuinely enjoys serving. His relationship with Jesus is up to date. It allows him to see people in a way that makes service come naturally. And Gracie also wanted me to say that uh, the number one thing she's going to miss about him, number one thing she's most thankful for, I actually don't think she's going to miss it because she's sort of researched where he's going to go, and I think she plans to sort of stalk him a little bit. Um, but it's just been that um, if there, he was always there for her, and if she wanted to talk to him, he was there, and he made everything seem like it was no big deal when she would overthink things. And I think what she's trying to say is he has an eternal perspective, and I love that about him. So at the end, as I've thought a little bit more about the change that Aaron's making and the timing of it all, it actually starts to make a lot of sense. After serving with him for the last five years, Christmas seems to be the perfect time of year for him to join another team to continue sharing God's love. After all, it's the season of giving and receiving gifts, and I can't think of a nicer addition to the staff of the Grove than our own Aaron Swink. Yeah, all right. You stay up there. All right, well, I want to have uh, all of our staff team come up here as well, but as they come on up, uh, let's welcome up Pastor Aaron. <laughs> uh. Would you grab that for a moment? I got to get my beanie back on in honor of Pastor Aaron. And we have a couple of gifts for you. And oh, then give the mic to Debbie if she wants to do that. Her, our staff. Hey, what's up, bud? Oh, thank you. I brought my beanie. That's son. Yes. Okay, now I feel good. Yes, I should have got yours. So, so we have a couple things that we wanted to give to Aaron. And we did check in with his family. And I just want to say earlier he was complaining about his knees. His knees hurting. Can you just tell us one of the most recent runs that you did? Can you just, you know the one I'm talking about. You better say it. <laughs> just one of them. I ran uh, 31 miles in one run. Yeah. 30, right? Yeah. Yeah, 31 miles. Okay. <laughs> so, so we got him a running vest. It's supposed to be a good kind. We also filled it with some running Even snacks. I don't know. Do you eat Reese's when you're running? Reese's when you're running? Reese's. Um, yeah, I eat them all the time. Okay, all right. So, and also in here, um, we heard that you like snowboarding, right? Yep. So there is a season lift pass to Timberline. So it's right there on the side there. So we love you. Yeah. All right, and I want to, we want to help all of you give Pastor Aaron a gift. So uh, Pastor Matt's going to do a pano, and you all are going to make a Pastor Aaron face. As, as, as the camera goes by, as the camera goes by, make a Pastor Aaron face. You want to get in front of us? So just get in front of the staff. Yeah, Aaron should be in it. There we go. Okay. Here we go. Your best Pastor Aaron face. Here it goes. Pano around the room. This is worth it, people. It's going to be treasured in his house. It's going to be hanging on the wall with your best Pastor Aaron imp impressions. <laughs> there we 
All right. Nice job. Give yourselves a round of applause for that one. All right, and now we want to close our time this morning in some prayer for Aaron. So Aaron's going to step down here. I want to ask all of, of the junior high, high school students that are currently come on up and surround Pastor Aaron. If you used to be a junior high or high school student in, in our student ministry uh, under Pastor Aaron, come on up, surround Pastor Aaron. And our elders, our leaders are going to come forward at this time too. And us staff and elders, we're going to surround uh, everyone that's surrounding Pastor Aaron. And we want to have some prayer for him. All right, so, and let me invite our, you, the church family, to stand and uh, symbolically extend your arm forward toward Aaron as we pray a prayer of blessing on Aaron. As we said, we are, we are sad to lose him, but we, are, we want this prayer to be a prayer of sending him off, uh, entrusting him to God for future ministry. So, teens and friends, I'd encourage you to reach forward and put a hand on, on Pastor Aaron as we lay hands on him and pray. And uh, we'll spend just a couple of moments doing that, all right? Everybody can huddle in here. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, I uh, really thank you for Pastor Aaron and the blessing he's really put on this church family. And I'm very, very grateful that I was able to be part of it, Lord. And I know he's off to do great things. And I pray that you would just be with him and that he would just know you're with him. And that his heart will always be to follow you before anything else. And Father, my friend Aaron Swank, by faith, I believe your words that you who began a good work will continue it. Thank you that we had an opportunity for five years to build on that good work. And now may he apply himself as a follower of Christ, as a diligent student to continue that work in his ministry and the role you have for him at the Grove. Lord, I'm so thankful that we, uh, you called Aaron to us and that um, I personally was just a part of that. It was just so awesome. And Lord, and then to just see how it was fulfilled um, with the students here and our church family and um, our family personally. And Lord, just like he did today, uh, his mission has always been to point others to you and to point others to uh, to others, uh, to serve other 